This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Gibbs, do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins, joined as always by Chris Novembrino. And Chris, we had the return of a WWE legend, a man who pops a crowd like no other, a guy who the people have been wanting to see since he's been off of our TV screens in quite some time. Yes, that's right, Chris. Wild Boar Mike Hitchman is back at NXT UK, baby. It was it was a hot return, <laughs> uh, you know the the crowd. I, I think when you <laughs> when you saw the pan to to the stands, you could really see just how electric it was. <laughs> just how electric all those media members! Yay! <laughs> that that black cavernous empty arena and the can noise really really illustrated just how over Mike was. I'm happy to have him back. Hey, actually, I got to say, like, (laughs) joke aside, you told me to watch that NXT UK show. I bet you weren't sure if I was going to watch it, but I actually did. And let me tell you, it was totally worth my time. It was a really good episode of NXT UK. It was a really good episode of NXT UK this week. You guys laugh at us when we went into it. And then then when we stopped talking about it, how come you guys don't talk about NXT UK anymore? I'm just like, okay, fine. Who, who's that this. jobber team that I like? Adam uh, Adam Jones or whatever, or Adam Davies and uh, the smaller guy? Yeah. Uh, they had a nice little match against uh, Symbiosis. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, it still feels like it's treading water, though. Oh, yeah, ways. absolutely. I mean, no, it's just an hour of television, but it's you, good. I, I left for two uh, two months, and I came back, and it's the same people doing the same feuds. In many ways. Isla Dawn's there fighting make them uh, set yep like, okay. charlie dempsey's gnarly i like charlie watching dempsey's charlie great um yeah. william regal's kid yeah i, I know i yeah, know that. okay I know that. I, I just uh, in case some people didn't know that yes that is uh that is uh, what william regal's kid we will be talking a little bit about william regal on this show i think uh yeah uh quick news update we are recording this friday night after rampage and after smackdown Big E. Got stretched out after a scary belly-to-belly suplex by Ridge Holland. Uh, landed on his head. Broken neck is the is the prognosis, but he's in fairly good spirits. If you want, if you go to his social media, he, he's happy. He can says he 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 feels decent. He can move all his digits and stuff, but that the doctors are saying they think it's a broken neck. So wow. Um <laughs> makes me sort of angry in some ways as to the end of his championship reign just a crappy 2022 for old big e i was already angry about the end of his championship reign regardless of this because it wasn't like they were getting ready to get him started again or something uh he he was treading water before this and now this is the sort of thing that will make vince gun shy about ever giving him a meaningful push again yeah well, no, I, I don't know about that. I, I boy, I I also think it's somewhat of an indictment of their training. And this is like I've liked Ridge Holland, don't get me wrong. But this is now injury number three 
in some ways. The first two he caused to do himself, kind of. Or he hurt himself, and then this one, he certain other people. I just look, I'm I'm all for your big jacked up muscle dudes, but and these things happen. I mean, if if you watch Revolution, first 30 seconds of Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho. I thought Chris Jericho was was paralyzed. I did when he landed on his head uh, in the half and half suplex. I just, you know, I know that there are dangers involved in this sport. It's just one of those things where it's like maybe that's a movie shouldn't be doing, <laughs> you know, clumsy people shouldn't be doing throws. I mean, there are different moves for different size people, right? Yeah. And going back to your indictment on training, someone should be pulling these bigger guys around and going, okay, when you are having your enhancement matches against the whoop guys of the world, you can toss those guys around a little bit more effortlessly they're not that heavy but when you're wrestling in the ring against a guy the size of Big E or Sheamus or Drew McIntyre you can't just toss them around the same way um you have to make sure you have coordination with the other guy so that they can get over well I also don't know if Rich Holland is doing actual wrestling on his days off I know he's working out still jacked still vascular all that other stuff but now that he's on the main roster, is he still going to a PC three days a week? And even if he's doing that, you know, it's a difference between drills and actual matches and things like that. I mean, I don't, you know, it, it goes back to, to an indictment on their training, though. It's uh, it's not even is about. It? I'm, Rich not even, I'm not even sure if it is. That's the problem I'm having here. So, so you're so saying it's Rich Holland? I'm saying it might have just been a freak accident, too. OK, I, I mean. But, but okay. I want to hear your case that it's an indictment on the train. I mean, we have had a number of situations here. Let's talk about Zia Lee. Um, these type of examples yeah. in recent week, months and year, the last year in NXT, where I think people are not actually getting really good training in NXT right now. I agree. I, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. I think they're doing... And that, and Zia Lee is just off the top of my head, but I know there are other people who who I I mean, we were talking last week about that insane like air that Valentina Feroz got that I think you and I both thought was kind of questionable in terms of delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it, yeah. It, it's a difference between you know, hey, they're practicing matches and that's great, but there's a difference between that and just you know the old style of hitting the road and doing seven shows a week and just learning and learning and learning how a guy moves and learning how throwing a guy affects them and things like that, that you can't get from throwing a heavy bag necessarily and things like that. I, I, you know, Nikita Lyons, is she ready for prime time? No. Last, last legend. Is she no. ready for prime time? I like, yeah, there's a lot of people right now who, we're gonna not... watch them grow on television, and you're just we're like... gonna watch them hurt each other on exactly. television. Yeah, like as, as Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, how that experience goes. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, the other injury this week: Becky Lynch fractured voice box in a house show in Allentown, Pennsylvania, against Bianca Belair. She was off of Raw this week. Uh, still cutting promos in some ways, even with the fractured voice box, but. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was the el I saw a video of it. I wasn't sure if the, it was an elbow or if it was her hair that ended up doing that. You know, that whip with the hair, and she just meant to whip her with the chest. But yeah, um, 
I hope it doesn't. Like, I, I think she should lift Sammy Guevara's gimmick with the signs. And Becky, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Becky just comes out with like a series of signs. It is like constantly harassing people with signs. She could go back to her pun gimmick and make pun signs. Puns. I was, you know what I was saying? I was saying like she gets her voice back and it either sounds like Kane or it sounds like she's been smoking like you know the voice modulator or, or no she would totally ape on using the voice box she would. thing yeah, she would. yeah absolutely i'm kind of here for that i'm here for that i'm very in for that or, or i kind of hope you know I, I, number one you hope it recovers fully because you're always kind of afraid of that but if it recovers where it sounds like she's been smoking five packs a day for 20 years and she has that kind of grasp with her sense of humor i think it'd be kind of kind of amusing in my head for some reason i don't know why that is but uh yeah i hope i hope she gets better quick she shouldn't miss any she shouldn't miss wrestlemania off of this but uh in other news wwe's board of directors reading here from uh brandon thurston our friend at wrestlenomics has given vince mcmahon and nick Khan raises <laughs> what vince mcmahon's board of directors well, I mean, they, they've been extremely profitable yes. uh yeah you know in the last the last couple of years here and Vin- Vince's salary for 2022 will be $2 million even in 2021. It was $1.4 million. And uh, this is reading from his tweet. If I understand right, Nick's second equity grant, part of his sign-on agreement disclosed prior as $9 million increases by $7 million to $16 million. Equity grant is a non-cash grant. That means he's probably got $16 million in stock. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, the this, this, this stock is good. It, you know, I feel like the stock price is sort of. I'm shocked it's, that it's been holding over 55. It's, to be it's been holding. Right. Yeah. But I kind of think like it is where it is. I don't think it's going back to where it was. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I'd, I'd rather have 60 million. Bobo, the wonder chimp this week, it tells me he's been holding USO through the reverse split <laughs> and it finally cashed in. And he can finally get out of the dumb thing. But yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. But uh, going back to the news, new eight part WWE docuseries WWE Evil coming to Peacock on Thursday, March 24th, executive produced and narrated by John Cena. Episodes are about Hulk Hogan, The Miz, Sasha Banks, Brothers of Destruction, Randy Orton, Stephanie McMahon, Ric Flair and Roman Reigns. So these are going to be the contrived. Ooh, I'm a bad guy. (laughs) I want them to all be damning exposés on every one of the named above. Like, like each one's just the worst skeletons in every one of their closets. I'm kind of here for that, you know? <laughs> did, did you hear that Miz once kicked uh, a baby? What? That, well, that Hulk Hogan one's going to be pretty darn yeah, long. Yeah, I, yeah, I, th- I think uh, it's, 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 it's Hollywood Hulk Hogan. I'm sorry, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. So it's going to be, uh, brother, I was part of the NWO. <laughs> when I was the third man, there, brother. No one saw man. it coming. Yeah, no one saw it coming. And when I hit that leg drop on Randy, oh, those thousands of thousands of people were all in shock. They say Randy Savage died the next week. Stephanie McMahon coming out. Yeah, you got to make the make the Hulk Hogan incredulous claim that someone dies two weeks after their (laughs) encounter with you. He's done that uh, uh, going through his his like record of lies. Hogan has done that on no fewer than four occasions. Uh, Andre the Giant, Carrie Von Eric, um, the kid who had cancer 
there's there's like a like a litany of people oh and antonio Inoki died in the <laughs> ring but then survived but that resulted in the yakuza coming after hulk hogan so those are four different occasions where an encounter with hulk hogan ended in death i was strapping owen in to the heart <laughs> I shook his hand, brother. We were flying on the plane. Oh, God, we should not be mocking these things. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be the same contrived WWE stuff, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame news. Both Vader and Sid going in with The Undertaker. The only guy we're missing right now is Dan Spivey to connect all these guys together. Let's get a Waylon Mercy induction in there. Let's do that. But, yeah. Vader a little bit sad because, of course, it's a posthumous induction when his family were begging this company, please put him in while he's still living. And he was doing appearances, doing appearances for the company on a semi-regular basis. Because he had to pay for his cancer treatments. Yep. He was trying to give this company. Well, well, now it's time to celebrate him. (laughs) Great. Thanks, Vince. Appreciate that. Sid? Sid is Sid, man. I mean... I people trash him for the softball stuff, but I'm like, dude, he had hobbies. He had an interest outside. I, I kind of love it as I get older I and older. As I get older and older, I'm just like, you know what? Sid kind of rules. He really is the man. It is kind of the guy that I'd like Kevin Nash to be <laughs> at times, where it's like, it's that same vein though. It's like. I just kind of want to work, get paid, get out of here, and go play softball because that's what I find really fun. But you can never do. I mean, go watch Bash '88, and and that skyscrapers versus dynamic dudes match, and people want Sid to come in there and murder death. Both when Shane he's Douglas over, and Johnny Ace. When he is over, he is over, and his so over. He was over when he was a horseman. He was over when he was Psycho Sid. He was over when he was Sid Justice, because he's just. Big and nasty looking man, that dude. Just... And intense. Like there's a yeah. charisma to yeah. Sid like the eyes, the 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 hair, like all of it sums together to just be more. And like, yeah, of course we know what the Sid match is like. I'm not yeah. saying the Sid match is any good, but like, dude, that entrance. Oh, he, he killed jobbers man he just he and vader to be honest with you did but yeah yeah. but the vader the vader jobber kill like was great because he vader was creative every time he had many different ways to murder death a jobber or two jobbers or three jobbers um and you know sid basically would just powerbomb them all maybe a couple of times like vader would like take one have him over his head toss him at the other one do a outside the ring yeah yeah like vader was a lot of fun to watch do the jobber squash match. It yeah, just... he would, but Sid, Sid would throw guys outside the ring and stuff. I think hey, when he was younger, he just didn't care about some of the guys too. He didn't have the respect. Hey, I'm getting paid. Screw this. Get out of here. And that was, that was the, what could have been because in the skyscrapers, when, when Sid went down with the punctured lung, they brought in Mark Callis, AKA Mark Calloway, AKA the undertaker to team with Dan Spivey, but we never got the callous Sid incarnation of the skyscrapers and that's what everybody wanted when i was a teenager watching that was like man could you imagine the red-haired guy and the and sid as a team that'd be awesome and we never got that that's a shame and of course vader and sid were part of that uh white is that the white castle of fear no that was vader and, and sting but the uh the back no, they the made the masters of the power masters bomb. of the power bomb thank you chris for 
<laughs> my college days are kind of a blur. No, I, I, I have days. I have the WCW esoterica down, especially when it's Vader yeah. related. Yeah, yeah. I and like you know Vader. It's weird talking about the Hall of Fame with any degree of seriousness, because like, let's keep it real, guys. It's just a payday. It's like an event. There's no actual Hall of Fame for you to go to, uh, but. Vader, I you know, to me, his biggest contribution is carrying WCW through that 93, 94 yes. period. Yeah, like oh, no, not 93, 94. He was gone by no, then, wasn't he? No, no, 93 is like his year. 93 is like Oh, you're Vader right, you're year. right, you're right. Because yeah. 95 was when he left, I think. Yes, right, yeah, yeah, right. And it would have been interesting to see him against the NWO, uh, like as like Sting's ally or whatever. Like Sting and Vader kind of coexist against the NWO. No, and as, been... as we talked about, the coolest time was when they're starting to do that proto rick rude babyface turn right before he had the back injury yep. on the ramp where he was yeah. gonna fight vader and you're like rick rude and vader man I'm, I'm in for that yeah shut up and take my money no there there were a lot of good matches and then obviously you know wwf when they got vader vince just did not like pushing vader after after the gorilla monsoon thing Vader got injured. No, this is the click. The, the click really the click. did Vader in. No, no, no. Right, right. So there's like two discrete moments that really did Vader in. First, there's the Gorilla Monsoon in, like injury angle that yeah. also injured Vader. And so then they had to take Vader off TV. And then there is the Vader and Michaels pairing yeah. and michael's yeah. just absolutely refused to like lose the belt job to vader didn't like that vader had bad hygiene issues didn't like the vader work stiff just didn't like ever showing any ass to anyone didn't like ever putting anyone over not unlike hogan um and so like vader's the worst thing that ever happened to vader is that it's like the one-two punch of working with hulk hogan and then working with Shawn michaels yeah. two guys who absolutely uh, would never give you anything a kid to nxt roddy strong to nxt uk yeah but what do we think a kid's new name is going to be i have a couple of ideas let me throw them at you <laughs> we got here check it out check it out i've been thinking about this I, I spent a lot of time jose okay don't like jose that's fine that's fine how about miguel okay all right fine esteban Louise, this, this might be going over people's heads now. So let's. Louis, let's you got you got Gunther, you got, you got Butch, Butch. <laughs> and so I'm just saying you get a step on, and that that's that's fun. That's uh, multicultural wait, too. Everyone, wait, yeah, hold you, on, come come in here, Bruce Blair. How are you saying that name? Esteban. It's Esteban, damn it. Esteban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then and then A Kid has a guitar next week. Oh, he's El Mariachi. No, like like Esteban, the guitar player who oh, sells okay. the crappy guitars. Oh, oh, I, oh man, that's a deep pull. I'd forgot about that dude. You can still find his amps and stuff floating around Craigslist. They're crappy. <laughs> uh Maven announced for Joey Janela's spring break six. I'm here for that. Whatever Maven's going to do in the independent scene Why is not? great. Other independent bookings of note that I'm kind of into FTR with lover boy, Dennis Condry, seconding them taking on the wolves, Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards at ASW wrestling in Beckley, West Virginia on June 11th. Shut up and take my money. I'm here for the FTR indie tour where it looks like now post dynamite, that they're just going to be uh, 
they're going to be bringing in some of their idols to be seconding them as opposed to Tully Blanchard. We'll talk a little bit more about that segment. I think when, when we get to the lazy river, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here for, for, uh, for FTR versus the wolves. I think that'll be a fun match. Yeah. I look, uh, I, I'm intrigued by where FTR is going. Although we can get into more when we get into the lazy river. It won't be the Briscoes. Uh, unfortunately that, uh, Fightful reporting that uh, AEW doesn't have any interest in them due to Jay Briscoe's tweets from 2013 because nobody changes in nine years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, th- those have stood still, and that now their 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 role in ROH might be up in the air. But we'll see about that. But uh, title changes of note: Ricochet is your new Intercontinental Champion from last week. Didn't get to that during the show. Our apologies. RK bro, your raw tag team champions, Dolph Ziggler, your NXT champion and Scorpio sky, your TNT champion. Yeah. I, I want to apologize to listeners for not talking about Ricochet getting the title last week. I, I think honestly, this really changes his trajectory in the company. You're such a jerk. No, this is the start of something Hawkins. This is, this is the beginning. Not, not just like a little blip and not a bump in the road. Uh, I, I, I would suspect that next WrestleMania, we're talking about ricochet mania. It is rumored that Dolph Ziggler is the NXT champion because Braun Breaker is on his way to the main roster. Well, Dolph Ziggler is the NXT champion. No one's rumoring that. Uh, well, no, 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 that, no, I said, I, and I, 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 got what no, that I, I, I get what you're saying. Okay. I'm, just, I'm being complicated Hawkins. Uh, I think <laughs> it makes sense that they want to move breaker up to the main roster. They've been trying him out for a minute here and you know uh he's at least as ready as rich holland <laughs> oh that popped me uh ratings this week aew dynamite 945,000 viewers 0.40 in the demo 560,000 wwe nxt roadblock 613,000 0.13 176,000 in the demo half a million old people are watching this show what Anyways, it's their high, yet it's their highest in the demo since January 25th and highest total viewership since February 1st. It was senior night on USA Network, apparently. WWE Raw, 1.775 million viewers, 0.45 in the demo. Lowest on USA since January 17th. SmackDown, 2.261 million, 770,000 in the demo. It's a freaking... SmackDown's killing it, kids. I don't, I mean, compared to these other shows of this, Rampage, 545,000 viewers, 0. 0.22, 287,000 in the demo. Any any thoughts? That uh, NXT I, number blew me away. 613,000, there's like 500,000, half a million old people watching Roadblock. Yeah, uh, and I just continue to wonder if those are just televisions that are on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like, are, are there really half a million old people who, who love NXT like that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, the rampage numbers, the, like the AEW numbers, I have to be a little bit frustrating for the company. I would think uh, so. Yeah. It's the, the product is pretty solid across the board here and like rampage to not be picking up momentum. Um, Friday's a death spot though. Friday it, at 10 PM. Tough. It's tough, but they're not holding their audience. Uh, you know, they they had they had more people, and like I mean, you're now what they you said five forty one. 
Um, that's that's pretty low. Uh, and what rampage? Rampage yeah. is five hundred forty-five thousand. Yeah, five hundred forty-five thousand. Yeah, that's, that's pretty low compared to where they've been. I think they're um, going to have elevated numbers next week because they're on after the NCAA tournament, so you'll just have TVs that are on. Then how did Dynamite do again? Uh, Dynamite had hold on here. Let me find the number here. Nine hundred forty-five thousand. It's not bad. And over like, and over half of those were in the demo. In the demo, I mean, like that's the saving grace for Dynamite, right? But like, yes. you, you still, you still, if you're AEW, hoping to keep it above one million at this point. Um, and so I, I don't know. Uh, and, and then SmackDown, it's it. I think that it's the network. Um, I, I'm interested what the lead in to SmackDown does. Um, because I, it's, it's, local, I don't, it's local syndication. I don't understand how SmackDown could do so many more viewers than NXT or like, or like <laughs> raw do. So, you know what I mean? Like I get no. that there's some degree of a drop off, but bro- broadcast is either get than cable. It always has been. Yeah. But like what, how was what raw numbers was raw numbers compared to NXT. Raw, oh, compared to NXT? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 one point one million more. It's about uh, it. Uh, this is one like one point six. Yeah, one point seven, one point eight, one point seven, one point seven. That's still that's a massive hemorrhage. Yeah, uh, and they and they've been featuring these NXT guys on Raw. Uh, you're you're not you're not even getting one third of your audience to cross over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's 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 what I'm saying. Like like, like they're, they're they're real. There's real disconnects with this company and like this NXT <laughs> product just. It stinks. I'm, I'm going to make a judgment call here and not put this in the lazy river because we've already mentioned it here. But yes, to end the new segment, Pete Dunn has made his debut on the on the SmackDown roster as Sheamus and Ridge Holland's friend Butch wearing wearing <laughs> wearing the Newsies English page boy outfit we're pretty sure it's a pull from the little rascals. I have not asked for confirmation of the, on that, but I think it's a pull from the little rascals character. Just a half a step above saying, shine your shoes, governor. <laughs> I want him to have a shine box, Chris. I want this character to have a shine box. And then, and then they get shove him and go, butch, get your shine box. And he gets angry. Go get your shine box. And he starts beating up people because of it. I, I don't know. I just Gunter. You, you know, it's fun. Hawkins. Butch. Veer still coming. Yes. Ladies love Veer. Let, let me tell you something, Hawkins. Do you know when the first little rascals cartoon was made? 1937. Mm. 1922. Holy mackerel. It is a 100 year old pull. <laughs> I want Butch to come out on a quarter penny bicycle. Oh, oh the ones with the big wheels in the front? Yes. Yeah, and okay. his entrance needs to be in black and white. He get to the old vaudevillians yeah. theme. Black and white and like yeah, yeah, yeah. The vaudevillians. The vaudevillians, yeah. Yeah. The uh what was the lower frame rate too? Yeah. Yeah. I just I'm like you look at Pete Dunn and you look at all the things he's done. In NXT, NXT UK, as a champion, in war games matches, 
Ugh. What is the point you of look this like, you NXT look like a, title? You look, you look like a butch. <laughs> what is like the a... point of this NXT title? Uh, the same thing with Gunther. If you're going to do these massive programs, these prestige programs where you have... Uh, well, I'll circle back around to that in a second. You have these prestige programs where Pete Dunne, Walter, like face all of these different people multiple times, high profile matches, extended times. These are like four and five star matches on a regular basis. You build equity into these wrestlers only to bring them to the main roster and give them a nothing burger name, a name that dresses them down because okay. it's, yes, it's Jeff. It's impossible to imagine intrigue, excitement at the same level for Walter and Pete Dunn if it's Gunther versus Butch. Like, yeah, like I, I mean, I can't they... wait to see Gunther face Butch again in the rematch. WWE superstar Butch. <laughs> not, not, not Butch Franklin or some other name. Butch. Butch. Also the name of a Bushwhacker, by the way. But, but just what look the the note i got was look you you have to take the ride that the old man that the crazy old man gives you and he's gonna get a wrestlemania payday out of this so that's a good thing but at the same time it's like dude i'd be brushing up my resume because i mean he might stick around for a while but no this is a brand hurting devil Yes. Cesaro, you know, the land of the one name Euros, other than Seamus, who's tall. Like, this, this is a little guy. Look like that little rascal. <laughs> Cesaro might get renamed Swiss here soon enough. Uh, <laughs> and of course, we have to put all the Europeans in a faction together because, you know, they're all friends. Yeah, of course. <laughs> They're all from the same part of the general map. Basically Why would the same country? Yeah, you know, they probably walk down the street and run into each other in those small, tiny third world nations in the UK. <laughs> what, is, what is a crazy old man thinking? This guy's a killer. And he called him Butch. 100 year old reference. Or, or, or it's, uh, the other, the other. The other reference I can think of is the old bulldog from the Tom and Jerry cartoons, which is only about 15 years old, but younger than that, you know, the bowler and the sweater type thing. Hey, Butch, we gotta go out. Yeah, but that that's more the big bully, big bully Busick. Yeah. 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 Odd because that's how that was the reference I was gonna use when I was gonna talk about Ridge Holland. Was he has two left feet? Like, oh no, that that's Bruiser Bedlam. I was thinking Bruiser Bedlam's the guy. Who had oh, two left Big feet. Bully Bruiser kind of had two left feet too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> unfortunate. Great mustache though. God, like a premier mustache. Stunning mustache. Hall of Fame mustache. If we if wrestling mustaches had a Hall of Fame, him, Steiner, Harley Race, Triple H's homage. Yeah, there's there's plenty of plenty of mustache. Dan Severn, I think, would probably go in there. Good guy, Ole Anderson. Yeah, oh Severn for sure. The the yeah. mustache on Severn's pretty. Epic. All right, enough of this nonsense. I'm closing up the news desk. Chris, tell us about HelloFresh. Okay, so HelloFresh is our sponsor this week, and HelloFresh uh, is 
a deliverer of pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week so that you get convenience without skimping on quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in the long weekday lines and ensuring that you don't waste money on excess food. HelloFresh will cut back on the time that you spend in the kitchen so that you can spend it on other things like being nice to me, Jeff, for a change, um, because now you have your meals ready in 30 minutes or less. Uh, you'll get quick and easy meals, including 20-minute recipes and low prep and easy cleanup options so that if you have miscreant cats who try to ruin your life, <laughs> you can clean up quickly and then scurry off to your designated eating spot where your cats can't harass you. Um, and that'll provide an even faster route to putting food on the table or in my, in my case, in my closet where I eat free from the cats. And don't forget dessert. You can satisfy your sweet tooth with seasonal limited time goodies like Dunkaroos, cookie dough, or vanilla delight cheesecake. Um, so I we did have HelloFresh here not that long ago. Hawkins and I both enjoyed it. Um, I, I actually, I'll tell you what, what's going on right now. Like literally as we were taping this upstairs, I've got the crock pot going um, in my food bunker. Um, that is you know, free from the cats. And I, I used what I had left over from that Tuscan spice, that Tuscan heat spice that we got with the uh, mozzarella chicken, Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Loved, I love that. I like, like I, I, I had the, like the first little thing of the packet and I made like the dish and then I was like, nah, I got to save this other packet. This thing's great. Um, so I was saving it and I, I'm using it again. So you end up getting ingredients. You'll have stuff left over um if you're someone like me who who tends to spice up dishes and play around with different things and it's fun and exciting to cook um we got a great offer here for you all here it, hawkins likes to say vow 16 i don't say vow 16 i say vow 16 um that's the code though so you'll go to hellofresh.com slash vow 16 or as hawkins likes to say it vow 16 um and that'll get you up to 16 free meals and three free gifts uh remember that's hellofresh.com slash vow 16 <laughs> hellofresh america's number one meal kit Always a good ad read when Chris buries his host during. <laughs> we thank HelloFresh for their sponsorship. Now, time for the patented, amazing, stupendous, even. Uh, God, they love the word stupendous, don't they? Like uh, the, Lazy, the advertisements. The advertisements, la- Hawkins. Stupendous. Lazy <laughs> river of wrestling criticism. Anything we watched, and there was a lot to watch this week, anything that comes to mind about the world of wrestling, Chris and I are just going to talk about what we want to talk about until we can't talk no more about it. And as is tradition here, after a large pay-per-view, I was going to say big pay-per-view, but for some reason I said large pay-per-view, kind of large, revolution, <laughs> AEW style. Um I'm not done with stupendous yet, Hawkins. You aren't? Okay, go. No, I think this is it's really funny that WWE's marketing team is centered in on stupendous, not just like as a buzzword for this WrestleMania campaign, but like as the marquee word to describe this particular WrestleMania. It's not just the thing commentary says. They've made entire advertisements that is just like a montage people like pat uh mcafee and stuff going stupendous and then the word stupendous 
But yeah, like, yes, he's clowning them. They're using it unironically. And then, like, the word stupendous is emblazoned on the screen. Like, this is not a word that's in the vernacular in any way. And when you say stupendous, it's almost, like, kind of cheesy and quaint. Like, oh, it's it's nifty. Like, if you said it was the most nifty WrestleMania ever or something. We can't call it great can't call it excellent we need a it's word. gonna be bopping no like <laughs> it, it, bopping. come on stop stop yeah you know, it's like a band or quadrennial they can't say normal words so, you know what sounds like stupid that we could they, they're there. always they are always normal adjacent just like gunther and bush they're like almost normal sounding names they're adjacent to normal but not quite there now we were gonna get into revolution. Hawkins, quit distracting us. Let's get to the let's get to the meat and potatoes here. I enjoyed Revolution. I thought it was a fun watch, although five hours, pretty long damn pay-per-view. I get it. I'd love for them to just say not everybody can be on and do everything. You know, the jam band was strong on this pay-per-view, but it was still a lot of fun. I'll just I'll run down some quick thoughts because I do a you know, I do an AEW show. I did an AEW post show over at Fight Game. You near my hot takes there, but I thought the three-way tag title match over-delivered in so many ways between the Young Bucks, uh, I almost called them Young Dragon, Red Dragon, and the Jurassic Express. I really thought that uh, Luchasaurus really brought his A game for the for this one. Didn't you know the usual time when he gets tired or or he's you know as he goes he's trying to do too much in terms of the spots he starts getting a little sloppy. I thought he was really oh, look. Kingston Jericho, fantastic brawl type match to open it up. And as I said before, thought somebody had died 30 seconds in, which always makes for an interesting pay-per-view start. Uh, the dog collar match, you know, became a story match versus a quote unquote brawl match after a while. Thought there was a lull in the middle there of about of a few minutes. My one gripe about it was that uh if you have a dog collar match, you don't need anything else like thumbtacks. That drives me nuts. Just make the dog chain more violent. That's all you need to do for it. But I like the Wardlow turn. Thought that was very, very well done. Brian and Mox, of course, fantastic. Regal coming out, playing dad to the straight A student and the adopted kid who's a juvenile delinquent. It's just fantastic comedy right there I, I i adored that and uh the main event really my only oh uh, forgot uh the six-man tornado was actually my favorite match of the night because it was just chaos the entire time stings jumping off a balcony <laughs> which is insane i i liked it because it felt like an old ecw arena type of type of six-man tag but the main event was fine. I think it was overpraised by a lot of people. I think they definitely did not uh, did not anticipate the quote-unquote, what I like to, to call the dusty moment of karmic retribution where he took the belt and tied Adam Cole's wrist around the top rope. They started booing that. And then the Dark Order comes down and he shoves Alex Reynolds Seemed a little heelish there when you're trying to get over him as a top baby face. I just, I, I thought that those, that really kind of took me out of the energy of the match quite a bit. And that's why I kind of under, 
I, I under, I don't do star ratings like my friends do and stuff like that, but it's like, well, it didn't, it didn't hit me like it should have for a main event world title match because of those things. For some reason, it's just the characterization to me was a little sloppy on that part. Um, your thoughts or anything that I said that, uh, tickled your fancy on that. All right. I, I guess I'll do a match by match here then. Um, so I thought that the Chris Jericho, Eddie Kingston match was Chris Jericho's best match in an extremely long period of time. I'm with uh, you there. I, I really was am really surprised. I don't care for him. Um, I mean, I think his instincts, uh, around the matches and stuff are always questionable. Um, like, you know, this story's not firing on all cylinders. Do they ever, but that match, that was a really darn good match. Uh, the AEW world tag team championship. I thought that jungle boy Luchasaurus ended up looking really good in this match. And, and even though it was of course about red dragon and the young bucks, uh, I, I think, that Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus had a strong enough showing there that it ended up still being a good showcase for them. Sneak, sneaky, uh, entertaining was the fact that uh, Bobby Fish was way too close to a microphone at all times. He was basically doing commentary for the first half of the match. I would pay an extra dollar for Bobby Fish mic'd up during a match. That's how uh, good he was. Face of the Revolution ladder match. Uh, a little little WWE for yeah. me. Um, you know, Wardlow winning fine with uh, a lot of uh, moving pieces in the Wardlow story here. Um, I I'm fine with him getting the ring here. Uh, over, well, over, over Keith Lee. Um, I probably would have actually, honestly, given what we're now doing with Wardlow, I probably would have given the Keith Lee, like if you're having Wardlow get out of his contract, you're sort of stealing my thunder here from the CM Punk match. That's fine. Let's talk about the three beats of Wardlow. Then you have Wardlow winning this ring. Then we get to the CM Punk match where like he gives the ring to punk and like breaks up with MJF, right? That's not given time to breathe. Then he comes out and basically announces this. I want to just be out of my contract thing. Yeah. That's not really given time to breathe. So looking back to it, if you're going to do this whole, I want to get out of my contract, WWE meta commentary sort of, thing then really someone other than Wardlow should have won the face of the revolution ladder match because right now Wardlow's got his business got a lot on the line for the contract or whatever um yeah. I, you know yeah so like a little too much probably would have put it put it on Keith Lee now or, or at least it. space it out a bit those beats of the story absolutely yeah um then we had uh Jade car crash uh versus Tay Conti <laughs> this was <laughs> Weakest match on the show. Um, like still the, not bad. Not Chris, bad. The best women's match on this show was on the pre-show. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I did not think that Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker delivered, but like I thought that that was just due to overbooking. Jaden yeah. Jaden Tay Conti, like it just it was what it was. Um, like I mean, you can enjoy the gesticulations and stuff or whatever, but like the actual between the ropes, eh, come on, guys. Um, CM Punk versus MJF. What a great match this was. This yeah. is like a really good match. I'm with you on the you don't need extra Hazari if you've already got a dog collar in there. Just tie him up. Like, come up with new creative spots at the dog collar. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, I mean, just, just a really great, intense match. Um, love the callbacks. Reward you for paying attention to the previous matches. Um, just, just a really great match. Really uh, great match. Yeah, like, you know, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa already kind of went into that. I just, too much stuff going on here. You don't need Jamie Hayter and 
uh, Rebel, like one too many times with that. And, and all of this is basically to stall things off so that you can have Thunder Rosa beat Britt Baker in San Antonio. But now you've really given away the finish to that match. Yeah. Like, so that's my problem here. Um, John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Fun match. But now let us talk about the finish here, Hawkins. Everyone's thrilled about Regal coming out, uniting with John Moxley and Brian Danielson. Uh, they're making a new team. What the hey? It's going to be a lot of fun. Regal's doing a promo. A lot of fun. Love the Regal promo. Warms your heart. Great to see him back in the ring. You're rooting for William Regal. But the it is. Okay. Hold on. Hold. If you would just, I sit and listen to you go through an entire card. You can't let me get through two matches without stepping on everything and trying to ruin my thunder. <laughs> this is for the Hello Fresh. Thing. The butt. <laughs> the butt is your large butt getting in my way every time I'm trying to make a, a fantastic gem of a okay. point, Hawkins. Here we go. Go ahead. Yeah. The butt is that this is an absolute concession that Brian Danielson as a heel, as the evil mastermind, the 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 guy who's going to turn all the young guys or whatever, that incarnation didn't work. And that ultimately what works best for Brian Danielson is him as a baby face. And that this whole heel push for Brian Danielson did not actually work all that well. It never really clicked. He's fun. There's certain things about this new character and his new match style that you can authentically enjoy. I enjoy it too. It's a it's a nice change of pace from his straight babyface match style. But now that he's settled into this tag team with Moxley and Regal, he's going to absolutely be a tweener trending towards face. The crowd's never going to let these guys be earnest heels. Um, and there's not actually even good people in, on the AEW roster for them to work earnestly heel against, which means at the end of the day, Brian Danielson as a heel, it didn't work. Oh, and one last thing about Jade Cargill. Um, a lot of people love Jade Cargill, Hawkins. Um, here's the thing about Jade Cargill. Uh, the, the biggest defenders uh, of her will say, you know, Chris, you dink. Uh, he's not, she's not very good. Well, actually, I think she's good, but you don't think she's very good. But she's training on the job. Remember when they used to come at me about Red Velvet? And when I said that Red Velvet should have beat Britt Baker, not because, like, Red Velvet was necessarily championship material but because like she was ready at that particular moment in that feud against Britt Baker yes. like if it's gonna fly if if you're okay with it with Jade Cargill you should have been okay with it six months ago with uh Red Velvet honestly um anyways uh moving on here in the card I I'm not done Hawkins um and then we get to uh the the tornado tag uh, dude, Sting rules like yes. If, yes. If, if, if you are not if, if like people if you're not loving Sting I don't know what you're doing with your life. Uh, like you're not, you don't actually enjoy professional wrestling. This is this, this guy's amazing. Like he, he's, he's just this last stage in his career is as exciting to watch as any of the other phases of his career. And it's really crazy to say you that. You know about what it is for man. me? This is modern day crazy Terry funk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's almost more than that because like i could get excited for sting doing one last title chase sort of thing against like an mjf like like this sting can still Ooh. work at level that entertains a title pro i'm not saying belt sting i'm okay. saying i'm what i am saying is sting still works at a level that could absolutely be entertaining at a main event program level okay yeah, I, I I don't, you know, like, you, do you need a little bit of smoke and mirrors? Sure, absolutely. But, like, dude, 
he's such a joy. He always gets up for these big yes. matches. Yeah, he always does. Um, and then the main event. Um, I'm with you. I do not feel like Colin Page delivered. And this is this is my like I guess my my third ha. Huh, uh, I guess I told you so sort of moment with like Page, which is for months on this show you and I have been talking about and, and like we're sort of a minority opinion in the yes, wrestling commentary that Adam page as a baby face is not really clicking with this audience. Um, it, it's something is just not hitting there. And, you know, I, I think it's easy to sort of dismiss us as like kind of weirdo oddball opinions and rightfully so you're but, old. <laughs> oh no. Or I, or just like, like, you know, like, I mean me, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, Odd, you know, like I have my, you know, sort of esoteric way of looking at all this stuff. But that moment where what should have been karmic comeuppance that everyone was ecstatic about, uh, seeing Adam Page get his revenge, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Adam Page get his revenge on Adam Cole, got met with abject hostility. And that was not designed to be a no. double turn spot. It was absolutely like, you you could say that there were supposed to be little flashes with the pushing off Alex Reynolds thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, sure. But that spot was not meant to be it. That little tie-up Adam Cole thing? No. People sh- were supposed to be excited to see Adam Cole. And, like, they should have been excited when he hit the buckshot and everything like that. And it, they were not. It would have been karmic retribution if, for weeks, they had been tying him up to the ropes and doing that. They did it on the go home show for a quick because they hot shot that whole program. two minute program, two minute thing at the end of the night. And you're supposed to then cheer for him when he gets revenge on it. No, this is something you need to build. What was it? Was there all of three weeks to build that program? If like, you had tied when, him up for no, three when, weeks. When, no, when did Cole first come out and say, I'm not going to challenge you and then have Red Dragon attack him? What was that three weeks ago? I think so. Yeah, they, I mean, this is your world title program. Your world title. I, I, I'm not blaming this all on Adam Page. I want to be clear. Yeah, I want to be really clear on this. I think, especially, you hear the guy talk, you watch the guy's matches. There's clearly stuff like this guy can connect with an audience. This is presentation, and I feel like time and again, Page has been set up to fail. I don't like, I'm not saying this is like an inside job on Adam Page, but like the Danielson program, you paired Adam Page with a heel who is not really clicking as a heel. People were more excited to see just Danielson kick people's ass than they were to see Adam Page beat Danielson. Um, you have him go up against Lance Archer, a guy that no one thought he was going to beat. And then you have him sort of get jump started into a program against Adam Cole, the resident cool heel who has been presented as the cool heel who is also presented on screen as the boyfriend of the other cool heel um women's champion Britt Baker DMD uh like like <laughs> you, you send Adam Page into this meat grinder he's not even close friends with the dark order like time and again your way of adding intrigue to this babyface character is you make him a shithouse friend to his friends like that's the go-to characterization move for Adam Page page i don't how was adam supposed to connect with us as a baby face and don't tell me that this whole time was just to slowly cool him down for a heel turn no he was supposed to be a baby face champion this was supposed to be a baby face push it has not worked 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Yeah, the thing is, I don't, I don't think he'd be a good heel either. I'm, I'm going to say that. No, I, no, they're going to bring him back to the conflicted crap that they had him yes, with, with Omega, and he's going to yes. get stalled out again. We're That's exactly... He's so going to go back days to of our crap. Stuff. Yeah. He's going to start drinking again. I mark my words. He's going to start drinking again. He's going to have a world title match drunk, Hawkins. He's going to lose the title drunk. He's going to be Jeff Hardy? But maybe. He loses <laughs> to MJF drunk. That's how he loses the belt. Oh, my God. That would be the worst. Oh, it would. They, but, but, but 25% no, I, chance they do it. I think they're going page punk. I think so too. You saw Punk do the little belty poo, yeah, yeah thing. Like, yeah. and 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 if they should turn him before the Punk match, because if they don't turn him before the Punk match, the Punk match is going to turn him. Speaking of all this, let's go. Let's let's go over to Dynamite, which was a <laughs> stuffed sandwich of a show. They put on a world title match without any announcement whatsoever, except at like 5 p.m. Oh, we're going to have Dante Martin and Adam Page. Okay, great. Um, And then yeah. more inconsistent characterization there at the end of the match where like he, I think if you're going to start pivot into Page being a heel, at the end of the Dante Martin match, Page shouldn't have done anything heelish to Martin. but he should healing him. I don't think they're healing. No, I, 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 then they had him. Well, but then like, he sort of apologized, you know, I know, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Cause they had him apologize to dark order, but then like, he sort of didn't make them his Like, you know, like he didn't actually go full baby on that either. Like yeah. if you were at, no, you, no, you, no. You, you, you'd be like 10 and you know, silver, you guys are my tag team partners. That, that's that segment was so poorly staged. And I'll tell you why, because Reynolds, Alex Reynolds need to be the guy front and center. They're not, not John corpse silver. silver yeah yeah no for doing sure. his little comedy shtick there it needed to be i needed a, a a sincere apology to alex reynolds i'm sorry i happened to me and then they okay first of all adam cole comes out and they go let's have a let's have a i want i want the title i want the title i want the title cool let's have a six man next week and it's like no, you want the title go after the title so we get that and all the drama all the drama in this is who's going to pick who for what team or whatever you leave that till next week you don't announce it five minutes later where he goes well, I, did, I ran into the Jurassic Express in the hallway and I said blah 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 and if you're going to do that no, but this whole drama around the partners it distracts from the belt right like if you want to have if you want to have a drama around the partners angle don't have it centered around your main belt. But even worse, it's like I ran into Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And they want a piece of the Bucks. Okay, whatever. Why? Then you, then you just leave it at that and you walk away. And you don't do the silver, hey, Anna and I could be your tag team partners. Waka, waka, waka. I, you know, I, I, like, found, I found the Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy thing, though, to be a real sloppily no, placed. It's, it's, no, hold on, hold on. It's a sloppily placed MacGuffin in the sense that 
Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus just beat Red Dragon and the Young Buck. It like it would make so much more sense if they had lost the titles at the pay-per-view for them to want to pair with Adam Page than it does fresh off a of victory over them. Yes. And but the entire story between Page and Cole is is Adam Cole gonna pick the Bucks or is he gonna pick Red Dragon? And then Adam Page should pick the other team. That's the story here. And we we now we put in Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy in it. And you're like, and we and we and we give away who Cole's picking an hour later with that vignette. And you're just like, and then the young bucks, we're, we're supposed to love them all of a sudden when they've been heels for months. <laughs> like, like I, I, I hate, I have real contempt for the, ah, oh, you just love the young bucks. Don't you sort of thing that like AEW does. There's just like an aw shucks quality. I, I get it. They're the vice presidents of the company or whatever. But what I'm complaining about is they have been working as heels and not just heels, like mocking heels. Ones who like, go to great lengths to like poke fun at their baby face opponents for the last several months here. And the, I guess one redeeming character grace or the thing that like we, we've always been wishing for them, I suppose to them, for them to turn baby face again and rejoin Adam page, except that that's not actually a seed that was ever really meaningfully planted other than in the moment where they turned their back on Kenny Omega I just feel like the babyface intrigue of the Young Bucks is extremely unearned. And and they have maybe love, of, of course, inside of the core fan base who are just going to be on involved in whatever the Click 2.0 wants to do here. But I, I think for the average fan, you know, why, why would you all of a sudden like want the Young Bucks to be aligned with Adam Page when they have not actually been very good people for the last several months? But they gave him the look when he won the title. <laughs> it's like, okay, whatever. That's uh, your I mean, long-term and, storytelling? Great. And, and, yeah, and, and in that moment, how am I supposed to process that? Is is that look... Yes. How much does that mean? Because, like, that, yes, they could have stopped Adam Page from winning the title, but they didn't. So does that mean that Adam Page won the title as his own man? Or that he didn't win the title as his own man. And therefore, it was really significant that the Bucks did that. Do you want to continue in Dynamite? Or do you want to take a refresher away from it and then come back to it? No, let's continue on Dynamite. Okay. So we, we have two, two different... I mean, it, it seems like we've now broken up the pinnacle and we've broken up the inner circle in, in, in various Boy, segments. the pinnacle breakup, though, was just in this like fragmented, incomplete way. And, and it very unsatisfying with yes. MJF not featured on television in either of the two segments. You can sort of make this case for dramatically withholding him from the Wardlow segment, although it really beggars belief, especially when you have Tully Blanchard also leaving. Like, MJF's entire empire is crumbling while he's away from TV for an entire week here. Let's take the good. Wardlow is a damn good promo in terms of being able to talk. Maybe not with the content necessarily, but he can hold your attention throughout an entire, even if it's a little bit of an expository promo in some ways, it's, it was very much kind of a drew McIntyre type of promo. Some people say that the, adversity the, the story, not, the story is not very good, but he has a good delivery. Yes, he does. Yeah. And it's a shockingly good delivery yes. for me. And that that's, that holds well now for the poor. Flags at half-mast, kids, because I'm very, very sad about the Tully Blanchard FTR breakup. 
I'm even more sad that it was so poorly done. Uh, look, Ryan Baxel are- had a better breakup than the FTR <laughs> Tully breakup. Get the story that wrestling used to mean any everything, and now it's family. But th- this is this is the Horseman Oli breakup where. Tully Blanchard, you want to go spend time with your family? Screw your family. You're here to win championships. I have a family. I have a daughter kind of thing. You need to invoke that a little bit, but it wasn't well delivered. FTR is the team that needs a manager, in my opinion. I think Tully's done a good job. There's rumors they may bring in Bret Hart. I think that's, eh. (laughs) you know, if they're going to do classic guys coming in for short runs, that's fine but get a guy in his twenties or thirties who can take a bump for you and who can talk for you if, if you're going to do that, but just the delivery of family and then cash coming in and Tully wasn't able to earn the, the anger in that whole promo. I just, I, I hated it. I really did. I hate it. Not, not just for the end, but just because you know, Tully can bring it. Tully could make FTR angry at him if he wanted to in the promo because he did it all the time. He did it with Spears for God's sakes. He was a goofball at the time. He pissed him off in a promo. It was fantastic. Let, if this is Tully's swan song, let Tully go out being Tully for God's sakes. The Weasley opportunistic doesn't care about anybody, but himself type of guy. Yeah. I think you also need to have either Dax or cash stand up to Tully verbally. So like you need Tully to try to cut down Dax or Cash, maybe say something like, look, uh, your daughters are going to grow up looking at their fathers who who can't win a championship, who haven't won a championship in 15 yes, years, yes. something like that. And then what, like what he, did, what he did for the Ole Anderson angle where he goes, you want to go your your snot nosed kid or whatever, just just that little triggering adjective to get the anger in there. Yeah. So, you know, something about them being losers. Daddy's a loser. Uh, and, and, you know, you're going to teach your kids how to be losers just like you. Um, and you know, that, that sets off Dax or cash or both of them and and they, they unite around that. And that becomes like sort of a defining moment for them. I think it's important in that moment, especially if you're going to have them go managerless for a minute here, this is where they need to say something that really connects with the audience. And and I don't think that that moment necessarily happens so cleanly. I I think they could have done that a little bit better. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about like the rotating cast of managers and senseis that feels a little like uh, MSK with Matt Riddle or whatever. <laughs> um, I, I think I've seen that movie and I, I think it only has limited returns. I would love it if Tully got to bring in another team. Like maybe he does manage Brock Anderson and Lee Moriarty for a while, <laughs> take him off of Arn's hands and turns him to the dark side. Um, but if it's a swan song, I had fun watching it. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it would be interesting to see Tully as, like, MJF's manager. Yeah, I think they'd make a great duo. Yeah, they actually would. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that's the answer here. Is it like, you know, you have Tully managing MJF, and then Sean Spears is there as the goober. I, I can take that. And then we had uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society. What a name. Now, I mean, now- just catchy. Just catchy. Now, 75% of this turn, I enjoyed the hell out of because I liked toned down Chris Jericho. I thought this was the best acting of his career. Mr. Groundlings play it big sketch comedy guy being sincere. I bought into it for a while. I, and when they came out to do the, when they came out to do and when they threw him down and it was the, 
oh, I'm just going to put my knee on you for a little bit. I go, okay, now it's on. I thought that was very clever. And, and Jericho grabbing his neck and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I don't like, I don't like, I want, I don't want Jericho to be the head of the stable. I want Daniel Garcia to be the head of the stable. And I want Jericho to be the old guy holding on for relevancy. I like that they toughened up 2.0. I think that's a good move on their part. Is there a fifth? Oh, Hager. Let me, let me talk about Hager. Cause he's the 25% that just sucked in this for, for a couple of reasons. No, 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 no. Hawkins. The acting during that existential crisis. Yes, that's yeah, what I'm uh, about to talk uh, it was about. Beautiful. It was he beautiful. has he has a three Powerful. beat. He has a three beat storyline he has to go to, and he got through it in a in a second and a half because he was probably afraid that he was taking too much time, and he didn't take enough time to the point where he did it so clownishly that what like are you doing? Yes, you come out and you go. You're panicking because your group is disintegrating in front of your eyes. And then you're supposed to have the moment of doubt where you're like, what am I going to do here? And then it's the reserved, okay, the hell with it. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to help my friend Jericho and turn heel. He's, it's a reluctant heel turn, but it's a heel turn. Oh, no, he does. didn't even go reluctant in the third beat. In the third beat, he went completely embracing evil. Like yes, when he did and the that club, was the problem. It was like, ah, so it was like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing this. Ah, like, yeah, so, hey, it, made it, so yeah. it made it look facetious, even though it wasn't supposed to be, I don't think. I think it was actually supposed to have more depth than it did, but it. it no, just, it was like a three-panel hey, cartoon. Yes, it was just, it was just like, oh god! And then they almost kill Eddie Kingston, putting him through a table. It takes five guys. Oh to get my up god! The dog, dude, that that power bomb. Uh, it, it, Kingston was so lucky that he wasn't <laughs> just at a slightly worse angle because, yeah. like. Man, that that looks so bad. Yeah, I just I oh, uh, I cr- I I cringed watching them try to get Kingston up, and then like w- the way he came down, I was just like, oh, oh, because I, I do like a, that because I do a beat by beat uh, recap of Dynamite. What am I missing here that I need to go over, Chris? Um, okay, well we Scorpio obviously still Sky? Scorpio Sky. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Uh. Is this the hot potato title? Is oh yeah, what we're gonna do? No, 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 no. Because I no Sky is gonna retain against Wardlow because MJF is going to resurface. The submarine is going to come up out of the water. Uh, like that's the whole reason why you had yes. this weird thing. Like MJF's gonna cost Wardlow the title match. Do you think he costs Wardlow the title match, or he just takes control of the title? That's my question. No, I think he cost him because, the title match. Because, because remember, Wardlow, it, everything that Wardlow has belongs to MJF due to the contract, and he's not an official wrestler. So, hey, even though you wrestled this match, you're not a wrestler with AEW, and I own you, so that that belt is mine. I think Sky might be a transitional it, champion. For no, 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 no. Sky hangs onto the belt because the MJF contract match is going to be the ring the the uh the uh face of the revolution ring or whatever okay it, for, for the contract oh, it, is it, yeah yeah mjf's gonna want to get the ring he's scheduled for the match though on wednesday so they're right. just gonna they're just gonna right. not do right. it no no they're gonna do the match and mjf is going to cost okay. him the title match on wednesday because right. the feud is uh, is Wardlow trying to get his liberation from MJF? Um, and, and the leverage point here, like who has what that the other one wants? Um, Wardlow 
once the contract, once release, being released from the contract, obviously MJF's not going to give that to him. MJF, greedy bastard, is going to want the big golden ring. Um, and that's that's the leverage point. That's what they're going to okay. feud over. Cool. Anything else in Dynamite you want to talk about? Um, do, but, do, 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 uh, I, I don't think so. Um, okay. No, no. The, you know, the acclaimed match was fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're fun. I, it's, I, it's just weird that, that, that they, and also that they just went to Layla Hirsch immediately and beat her right after the Statlander match. Oh, you know what? Uh, the Regal promo. Uh, I, I guess the one line that stuck out was I, like a sore thumb that I'm sure everyone's been talking about is the I don't have much time left line. Uh, do we do we know anything more that, about that? That got a bit of an uproar on wrestling Twitter today, but it turns out to be nothing, I think. Uh, I, it felt really out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Well, well, basically what he was saying was he you know, Regal, Regal liked his partying. Let's put it that yeah, way. He was one yeah, of the yeah. boys on the road. And he'd been doing it since he was 14. But Meltzer kind of got from Jericho that the the in, indication, I'm not going to say Jericho told him anything because I don't know for a fact, but that because Regal is the uh, host doing the usual exit interview from WWE on Talk is Jericho this week, that he was going to reveal some sort of health problem. And then Regal came out later today on Twitter and goes, I've never felt better. My doctor says I'm very healthy. There's nothing wrong with me. So there's a bit of a scare there for about half, half of today. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, well, I mean, and, and rightfully so based off of what he said in the promo, I, I, yes. I certainly like, like, I think you I heard just, that your eyebrow. I, I was just like, I, maybe it's, I don't have much time, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, if anything, when he was like, they're going to you know, be wheeling me around at the, in the old folks home. I'm like, Regal healthcare is like not that bad. I didn't realize people. he was 53 though. He's 50, that's, not, that's 53, young. 53 is young. Right. Yeah. Like my, you know, my dad is 71. He's got like, had a knee replacement surgery. He's not like petering around the, but, uh, but that's the like, old folks home. That's, that's yeah. like, I mean, when you think about how long he hasn't been a wrestler, I mean, that's like Michael Hayes is doc Hendricks at 35. And you just, your mind is blown that they think people are old in their mid thirties yet ear sting jumping off of balconies and stuff at 62 or however old he is. Yeah. Um, I I'd loved that promo, even though it was, it was a little long winded, but just the, it's, it's the dad with two sons. You, my darling, my favorite son, my all a student. Oh, how you name drop me everywhere you went. Oh, how you, you I found in the trash and I had to keep you <laughs> that kind of dynamic with mocks. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the one thing that stood out to me is just the kind of complete abandonment of the, we're going to start a school and train all yeah. these young guys. Thing. Yeah. Like, like this is just a complete dropping of that storyline entirely. And Don't get goes- me wrong. I I'm in for the baby face tag team. I'm not faulting it. I'm just observing that when people talk about, Tony Khan as this master booker who like has all the gears in place and all the pieces and the dominoes all are perfectly in line or whatever. I think people are missing sometimes like the, the misses and the dropped beats. Uh, you know, uh, Oh, Paige Van Zandt's coming after the, speaking of drop beats, Paige Van Zandt's uh, going to be back after. Oh, that Paige Van Zandt, Ty Conti train wreck. That's going to be something that, that that's going to happen. But, but I wanted to bring up one other point about the whole regal thing is, is sure. we have another case here of the second overshadowing the act. In my opinion, don't get me wrong. Brian Danielson, megastar, John Moxley, megastar, but this, this is, is a William Regal act. 
this is what happens when you just throw together stuff without like you know what i mean i like all of these guys yes but it's so clear that they don't know where this is going right exactly now. They have no idea where this is going. In, in, in the absence of direction, what has happened is we are all the most excited to see what Regal is going to do uh, because Regal is the new piece of the puzzle. Yes. We've seen Moxie be champion. Danielson has now been babyface and heel in AEW. Did that in under a year. Good for you. Um, so now Regal is the new thing. And Regal is now, I guess, the plot dev device here. And I... I don't know that you can move the whole story through Regal. Like, and, like I, and, and now, I like him. I love him. He's great. What is he? Six five. I mean, he is a tall dude. I and mean, it just overshadows. You know, I think he's a little tall. He's even taller than Mox. I'm not sure about yeah, that. But, but there, just... there's something. There's something about Regal's reverence for Danielson. Does makes the height disparity thing it does. Not, yeah, 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 not relevant in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad he's not a commissioner or something though. I'd, I'd much rather have him be in a speaking role where he can cut promos. Oh, I, and that's why I'm not too hard about on him about this promo here. Was it a little yeah. long in the tooth? Sure. He sure. also has not done a loose form promo like this probably in the better part of 20 years. Correct. And yeah. he's going to have to get back into the groove of doing that. I, I like to. And once he, once up with he Tony. does that, once he does that, and also like I can't wait for Regal on commentary. Yeah. Uh, there, there'll be great moments where he gets to be in the booth and being cheeky and fun. And I think he's going to be a real delight. Just replace Starks, who is okay, and Jericho on that Friday with Regal. I'll be fine with that. Oh, my God. Give me Regal with Taz and Shivani. That would yes. be the greatest booth. That yeah. would be such a great booth. Because Shivani just would, wouldn't know what to do with himself. No, and Regal and Taz would oscillate from being ridiculous to talking in depth about wrestling and knowing everything yeah. about every wrestling hold. And and I think they would actually have a good ability to sort of navigate between those two points. I'm yeah. so there for that. Yes, I'd, please. I'd be so there for that. Uh, I will uh, end my, because we're going a little long here, my thing on a positive note about WWE, actually. I adored both the Austin video response to Kevin Owens, even though, you know, even though it kind of played the hits for him. And also the Pat McAfee video that was released on social media today is outstanding. It really is. He he has serious Diamond Dallas Page energy in yes. the sense that this is a guy who's getting started way late in life, but his promos are so good that like let's say he went to AEW and you put this guy on a three-year push, the dude's 34. I really believe with like a serious arc, a serious push, this guy would be as over as freaking anyone by the time he's 38, 39. Uh, he would be like a white hot star, um, sort of like with the national brand, like like the biggest star in wrestling for real. Like, Pat, I, I know it sounds like a lot for Pat McAfee or whatever, but we've seen this guy. His enthusiasm is genuine. That's it's genuine. And we've seen him hang in the ring with Adam Cole. He clearly has taken the training seriously. He clearly understands how to do a promo. He's good yes. on the microphone. Um, uh, like the things that he's maybe needs work on still selling, for example, other, other things of that sort, that stuff can be trained. He's trainable. Um, I, I, ju I just like Pat McAfee is, is a very impressive guy in in this business and and i wwe is never going to utilize him no. to his full ability um but if they did 
I really do believe he could be over like a Diamond Dallas page. Don't get me wrong. His, the the fight with Austin Theory was a little rough when he, I think he was trying oh, to do okay, a cross well, body. And my dude last week doing the promo was not not there. The no, there, there are times where he's not perfect, but that video is just so good. And he can talk. And that's, I mean. And he can get up for the matches, too. He can get heat. He can be hated or loved. He's, I, I just, I adore the guy because it's like, He's the only thing that keeps me watching SmackDown, to be honest with you, at times, because it just, I don't know if he's going to just say something that ticks off the company to the point where he gets fired one week, you know, because he likes, he likes throwing in his little uh, references to his uh, pharmaceutical uh, activity. He likes- yeah, no, yeah, right. But between the marijuana references, let's go branded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the guy's great. Like, but like for all the wrong reasons, but I, I mean, He's a loose cannon. He's a legit yes. loose cannon. I uh, love in, that. in a show that is, you watch so that Ronda, Ronda Rousey in oh, Charlotte. Jesus. The the my favorite moment in that promo tonight was the one where like the crowd was supposed to be chanting "You tapped out," and Charlotte couldn't get the crowd there, <laughs> so she goes, "I can't hear you," and then she still couldn't hear them, and then like Ronda. <laughs> Like had to be like, yeah, they're all laughing at you, uh, acting like the crowd had just like uproariously chanted at. I could see the WWE script in both of their heads with the brackets of crowd chants. You tapped out, and they're both waiting for that beat to happen, and it never came. Pause for effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pause <laughs> to get crowd reaction. <laughs> Then Rhonda says the stage directions. That's what I was waiting for. Pause for chant. Rhonda Uh, smirks. Rhonda Rhonda's face cracks as she emotes. Um, God. She's such a bad promo. It's so ridiculous. I have the new ankle lock promo was as dynamic. It was like Tony Khan had, had possessed Ronda Rousey's body in terms of dynamism. How do you get somebody who had this much heat in UFC and not know how to generate heat with Ronda Rousey? Well, you insist that she's presented as a baby face instead of a heel, which she shows so obviously yes. should be so obvious. Find your Misha Tate, you dopes. Uh, anyways, do you have anything else for the lazy river? Um, well, let's talk about NXT. Uh, yeah, the, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff happened in NXT this week, Hawkins. I, I know <laughs> you're like, oh, oh, it went, it went, it went long or we're going long or whatever. Uh, it's just, you know? it's just NXT. When NXT it, is one of those weird things where I hate it, but there are things that are interesting on the show at the same time, like Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu. Yeah. yeah let, let, let me get that victory cigar out. Who Go said- for it. Who said you did. Dakota Kai? Yeah, I did. I did. No said it. No said it. Not <laughs> not not anyone else. Everyone else is like no. No was like yes. Because because your your theory. I mean because logic would tell you okay the comedy team ain't going to the finals. Nope. <laughs> and and Jen just again just like I told you last week Fallon Henry was going to defeat Tiffany Stratton. Henley. Let's go the other. Let's go the other side of the bracket, though. In that Dusty Women's Classic, I thought that match over delivered a bit because Casey and uh, and 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 I always forget her name because I want to call her Lacey Lane. Uh Caden Carter. Caden Carter. Thank you. Um, I think this is possibly their best match in the Fed, again and oddly against Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai. Of course, it's going to be good, but 
They I mean, just Casey look like Kemp, a team now. They they've clearly matured as a tandem. Yes. Yeah, and and look, I don't think Casey has many years left with this company. To be honest with you, I don't think she's main roster bound. I don't think people are going to remember her for from you know American Ninja Warrior obstacle course the the game show whatever you're going to call it. Um, it is it's obstacle course the game show. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but I thought you know. I thought maybe they might give them the win here. I thought maybe they might let them win the whole damn tournament for, for like a tag title shot somewhere or something like that. But, um, you know, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray, of course, are fantastic, both of them separately. So together, they're great too. Yeah. I, I mean, hard not to enjoy that team. Uh, they, they've got great chemistry. Um, Dolph Ziggler's the right guy for this world title. You know, he, he's an interesting pick and, and, and especially with Bobby Roode having also been an NXT champion, like this has, I have no faith in them to actually tell an interesting story with this, but this actually has the formulas or the pieces or the spare parts laying around where like, if you were like, ask me to sit down and draft this out, I could come up with something interesting with Ziggler and Roode. Yes. In the hands of a competent storyteller, this would be. So fantastic because yeah. Ziggler could talk about how he had been at the top of the mountain on the main roster, how he, you know, push after push. He'd been through terrible rebrandings. Now he's coming down to see all these kids who are coming to take his job type of thing. And he's paired up with another veteran who never quite caught on how he probably should have. You know, they're the old gunfighters. I, I like that a lot. Um, Ziggler's just firm belief that he deserves to be in a main event somewhere, yes. even if it's not on like the main roster. And like that, the reason he wants this title is so that he gets the most TV time or something like that. Yeah. Or like let him cut Dolph promos. Don't give him beats or anything. Let's see what Dolph can do on a promo on his own and let's see what he does with it. I think he still needs a story to operate within because I know what Dolph Ziggler's default promo is. I've heard yeah, it a thousand you're right. times. I've you're heard a little it right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've heard it a bunch. Um, no, he, he needs, needs a manager. He needs prompts. Give they, him no, Bivens. Yeah. Give him Bivens. The hell with it. Bivens managing Ziggler and Rude presented as NXT champions, like the legacy yes. champion in Bobby Rude and Dolph Ziggler as the champ, not as the dirty dogs. No, but like in a different presentation, very intriguing. As I respectable have, veterans who have come in to slap around the kids. I just have no faith that they're going to no, go that route. I just don't. Nope. That said, again, I'm going to make a cup of this. L.A. Knight. I like him on this show. I do. I mean, he, he everybody poo-pooed him when he came back. They, oh, all he is is doing rock and Austin style promos, blah, 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 blah. He has a connection with the audience. He absolutely works. Uh, he, he's a guy. Look, he is like Jeff Hardy. Uh, oh, who we also have not talked about. So I guess we should mention him. too. Let, let, he, let's talk about that real quick. Dancing before you save your brother. Yeah, it was a momentary dance. Okay, here's the thing. Hawkins, <laughs> if you were getting beat up and like I, I came down, the crowd cheered for me, I'd real quickly wave to them as I'm running down and then I would make the save. Yeah, hey, like. Thanks, Chris. Well, no, I, it's not like, okay, you're going to take maybe one more punch, but do you really want me to like leave thousands of people Wait, hanging? The adoration. I need to soak it in. A lot for of people a like to see me hump the air. Like, you know, I, I have this signature air humping thing that I do. It's great. People love that. Can, can uh, I can I mention, the, though, that today on uh, Rampage or uh, yeah, on Rampage, 
again, we've fallen into the WWE trap where it's like they are dressing like they are 23 years old. And they, they got the music, the original music. Uh, the thing yeah. that really cracks me up is like Hardy was really excited in w- Jeff Hardy was really excited in WWE that he was able to use one of his weird oxygen songs uh, as his theme song. And then, like, the second he gets into AEW, they go back to what is the song that Peroxygen just ripped off, like the production music song from the mid-90s that everyone knows is a jam. Like, everyone, mm-hmm. like, lo- no one knows the name of that song, but, like, everyone knows that. Everyone's like, this is a jam. Stock is music, j- yeah. Yeah, it's it's stock production music. Uh, I, I, Andrew Rich knows the name of the uh, production album that comes off of, but, like, it, it was just, yeah, it was just readily available stock production music. But, like... This is the Hardys that everyone wants. And this is sort of the quandary, too, with the Hardys, which is that, like, this is the Jeff Hardy everyone wants. And, and let's go back to your to the LA Knight thing. There are some people who just connect with fans. And it doesn't necessarily make sense. Like, to me, Jeff Hardy, he is a very he's – he's a guy who's willing to commit on getting beat up. I'm not going to deny that. He, he, he puts his body on the line. His selling – is not necessarily the most emotionally connecting. His offense, to me, has never been particularly crisp looking. I don't think Jeff Hardy has a very good sense of storytelling in his matches. I don't think Jeff Hardy's a very good promo. Um, and people frigging love him. They yes. love him to death. Um, this is the same conundrum for a lot of people that I get that like a certain segment of the wrestling fan base just does not get with LA Knight. There are gaps in LA Knight's game. No denying, but the stuff that LA Knight does is more than enough to get him through. And like people love him. He just can come out there and immediately connect with an audience in the same yeah. way that Jeff Hardy. Yeah. He says, yeah, Jeff Hardy humps the air and people <laughs> love it. Like, 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 I mean, there are some people, they just have this ability guys. That's, that's how it works. That's how it is. I think we can end there. That's it. I'm good. It's been Shake the Rubs. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. You can also find me over at Fight Game Media. I do a show called The Dynamite Show every Wednesday with Paul Fontaine. He of the man who asked about CM Punk's entrance and CM Punk roasted him talked about that this week and oh well I, you know who who that the theme song was very confusing i they he, they played that i didn't even know who i the didn't guy either was. nope nope and, nope. and no i saw like, i saw the man in the face did, i couldn't i i get very dissociative when the, when the theme song does not match the person who walks <laughs> through the curtain it, it for me oh, it's Chris, like it not did being able because to it was faces. a callback to his ring of honor days that that Everybody knows. I just, uh, it was. Well, it was I'm, razz- those... I'm razzing all of you, but I know. Like, yeah, I yeah. Know. yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was a joke. I'm sorry. That's okay. I thought you were uh, serious. No, I, I, no, no, no. It's it, it, at least you're apologizing to me. For I feel time. shame now. I feel no, shame. no, I wish. I wish. Don't worry about the government can be found at DWATG on on Patreon, patreon.com slash DWATG on (laughs) iTunes and on Stitcher. And and if you are in Lubbock, Texas, next Friday night, come on out to the blue light. Come and see your boy Novi playing with Logan Samford in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, So, you know, if you're coming out for WrestleMania weekend, 
in, in a few weeks here. Why not come a few weeks early, drive five <laughs> hours in the wrong direction? I'd also like to thank uh, HelloFresh once again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Free meals, free gifts. See you next week. Lubbock. Worst outro ever by you, Hawkins. <laughs>